HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's show is being brought to you by Bob's Red Mill, believers in good food for all. Learn more at bobsredmill.com slash podcast. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Hey, Souther. Hey, buddy. How you doing, buddy? I'm very well. Happy to see you. I, oh, oh. Thank you. <laughs> I like the glasses you're wearing, by the way. Are those new? No. All right. <laughs> it doesn't stop. It doesn't, stop. it doesn't preclude me from liking them. Uh, you know. Well, you know, it's the the uh, the sun is setting on on our Brooklyn and New York City days here, man. We're we're heading into the fall. Yeah, we are. And now it's like you know, normally I'm wearing shades. And now I'm just wearing my normal ass shit. All right, tortoise shell. Man. I like it. Well, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Ugly day out well, there today. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Let's yeah. talk about the weather. Hell, hell of a show we got so far. Yeah. Um, We're going to rip right into it. Yeah, man. So what's going on, man? How's Koo? Koo is doing very well. Thanks for asking. Um, you know, we're finally past summer uh, for students anyway. So students are back. So, you know, it's an uptick in business immediately. You, you sense it all over the city. Oh, I yeah. Think. I didn't even really. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. wasn't of that. I mean, I'm situated right on the campus of both uh, NYU and Cooper Union. So. Right. Lots of student body were, were missing over the summer, but now they're back. So even in the past couple of days, it's a visible change, which is great. You know, that's just more money for charity. Yeah. Do good while being bad. This month's uh, charities are all devoted to um, flood relief, both uh, domestic and internationally, uh, yeah. because uh, of, you know, well, all the hurricane action here in, in our country and sure. flooding happening elsewhere. So we're going to get back to that. Well, you know, the thing is, what's really cool about New York City is that, uh, you know, People come together and like they like you said, do good while being bad. Do good while being bad. It's an easy thing to do, you know. Have a drink and feel, uh, you know, like you're being at least uh, somewhat civically responsible at the same time. It's, you know, it's a it's a good coupling and it's working out for us really well. Cool man, I appreciate That's you asking. Great. Yeah man, how are things at Grand Army? Great. Yeah, I had a great show last week and uh, you know went back to the old Grand Army and uh, had the Mictors people oh, right. on. Yeah, yeah how'd was, that go? It was great, man. It was it's really. 
really refreshing. Actually, uh, Lacey Hawkins, who was on the show a couple weeks ago. Lady Hawk. Yeah. She, uh, she texted me after the show, and she was like, man, it's really refreshing to hear kind of, kind of like a bigger brand talk about, like, basically being very transparent about the, their process and, like, not, like, throwing together a, a, you know, like a made-up story about, like, some yeah, right. old political thing, like, some being that, like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, they you saw know, an like, opportunity, they seized it, and they're, they're working as hard like, as they can work it. It's, like, just true. Also very humble fellows, both of them. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great time. And it was like I, I really liked that show because like the just the the actual like technical aspects of like the like the of the business. Oh yeah, I've, I've been back at Amori Margo uh, all pa- all this past week trying to uh, explosive proof things. <laughs> Did you buy that uh, ninety thousand uh, dollar forklift? Forklift? Yeah, I, I I got it on layaway, dude. <laughs> Let me write it. I, I'm I'm actually licensed. I'll show you later. I've got a license for. Uh, is he a class F for forklift? What is that? Yeah, I, I don't even. I don't know, but I will. Sh- I will send it to you. I swear to God, I am totally licensed to drive a forklift. Send it to me with lasers. Yeah. Well, speaking of New York and being fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, that's what we you... were speaking of. <laughs> uh, let's uh, introduce our guest today. Yeah, in the studio today we've got Amanda Schuster. Amanda is the uh, editor-in-chief uh, at Alcohol Professor, and she just, uh, uh, well, it's not quite released yet, but your book is coming out soon. Uh, a week called, from now. A week from now, called New York Cocktails, Cocktails Inspired by the Big Apple. Welcome to the studio, Amanda. Thanks for having me, guys. So yeah, happy to see you. So happy to see you guys, too. What's going on? I mean, nothing. <laughs> okay, show's over. I wrote a book. That's pretty rad. <laughs> That's incredibly rad. It is incredibly rad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank <Yay>! you. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, uh, well, let's talk a little bit about you first, and then we'll jump into the book a little later. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about Alcohol Professor. What, what, okay. what, is, it, what is that? What do you do over there? Talk, talk about Amanda. Um, Alcohol Professor is an online magazine, I guess. I, I hate to say that it's a blog. I hate I hate that word and I and I feel and I feel that the it's the a four le- letter word it's a four little word it's letter word and I, I think the level of work that we're doing you know even though it's it's not in print is is supposed to be you know print worthy so um, so it's a it's a magazine about um, wine beer spirits and cocktails and all the sort of nerdy aspects of those yeah man. those elements what got you like first of all like let's go back a little bit further I mean like I. I, I am looking at the uh, the photo of you in this book <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah. Drinking out of a very like stylish coupe glass when you're how old were you in this photo? Like I think three, four, four? three or four. Yeah. yeah. So, so, what, what so your you? fascination with the cocktail world <laughs> yeah. maybe started earlier. At least there were some seeds. Yeah, there were definitely some seeds. I mean, I, I my parents um, always would give me a little sip of something. At dinner, you know, my, my father is a, is a big wine collector and they've they've always enjoyed, you know, good spirits and good cocktails and and they never wanted me to be left out. You know, it's not like they were, you know, giving me like, you know, huge, you know, three glasses of wine at dinner or something, but they'd always let me have a little bit of something just so I would know what they were doing. Was, was sure. there removes the stigma? Yeah. 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 Was there was there like a uh, I know like there's a, a thing with Italian culture where it's like. You get like a glass of wine, but it's like watered down. Right? Was was that like it's proof? No, down. it was definitely not watered down. <laughs> Absolutely no, 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 no. And I mean, one of the earliest stories is, and I already knew what it was. They were having a dinner party, and 
my parents just, you know, childproofing and all that stuff that came later. And so (laughs) in in the early 70s, you know, they just left all the drinks on the coffee table. And there I am, you know, alone in the living room while the adults are having dinner. And I just walked right up to my mom's glass and downed her her whiskey. And I slammed it down on the table, apparently, and said, mmm, scotch juice. Scotch juice. (laughs) (laughs) So I knew what it was even back then. Actually, you know, as as someone who doesn't, like, drink coffee anymore, I'm kind of actually curious. Why is it called the coffee table? Like... Yeah, I feel like most segue. The majority of the time that I've put any kind of beverage on that table in the middle of a room, it's been like it's typically a glass of whiskey, or like back in the day, it was like uh, you know some red and white dynamite uh, with a bunch of like cigarettes put out on top of it or something like that. Those were the days. I've never had coffee at a coffee table. Dave, look it up. Are you looking up coffee table? (laughs) Yeah, I'm on it. Okay. (laughs) See. We got a guy now. <laughs> we got for that stuff. Um, so the the p- seeds were planted early on, mm-hmm. and then have you? You know, we were talking before the show a little bit, or I was overhearing some talking. We, we sort of have a party going on in here, by yeah, the way. Yeah, this a lot, is great. A lot of people in the room. <laughs> uh, uh, Austin Henley and Julie Renee Williams and and my, our new friend. I, I forgot your name. Lula, Lula, Lula from Lula. Bar Sardine. Bar Sardine. Um, so yeah, just some guests hanging out. Um, we were talking out there, and you mentioned someone asked you if you bartend, and you said, "No, I'm, I can't do two things at one time," Mm-mm. which is not, <laughs> not nearly enough things at one time no. to bartend. But uh, uh, well, there you go. Yeah, but have you ever? What 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 pulled you into our our world? I think I did it twice. I did it for about two. Not nights. a requirement. Yeah, and and um and I I you know I've I've bartended at parties and stuff, just private parties. But um, I just you know people like to sip their drinks rather than wear them. And it's just something that um, I realize that I'm, you know, I know a lot about what goes into the glass. I even understand how to build the cocktails and, and, and the, the process of making them. But I shouldn't do that for other people while I'm on the spot. It's just it doesn't work out. Right. Yeah. Leave, leave it to the pros. Yeah. So I'm happy to write about Whenever it. Whenever they get here. <laughs> yeah. And, and so does the dishes. And I do the dishes. That's always my thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, was, so, I was so amazed when Paul Clark was, um, was guest bar- bartending a coup a couple months ago. That's and right. I was like, how are you doing this? I was so impressed. I can answer, I can answer <laughs> that in one word. How, how, how are you doing this? Slowly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he did it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, not the fastest guy, but uh, very charming and, and affable, and people yes. really enjoyed coming in to see him, and it was great. Hey, man, he's an Okie. He we, is an Okie, that's right. We move a lot slower in Oklahoma, man. <laughs> more methodical, more yeah. thoughtful movements. Uh, it's like watching uh, Tai Chi. Um, <laughs> so then what... Uh, what <laughs> Thanks for the peanut gallery. So what? <laughs> what so what? So what roped you? In? So do you have a, a degree in writing? Did you? Like, how did you? Yeah. And then how did you attach that to this angle? So my my brother once removed, Jason Bylan, one of my best friends, once said about me that I have failed at more things than most people have tried. And <laughs> um, I, I've done a lot of things in my life, and writing's always been something that's been, that's kind of been a common thread with no matter what I'm doing, whatever. I mean, I actually have a degree in medieval history. Super and, useful. <laughs> yeah, super, super useful. useful. <laughs> um, and I minored in writing at NYU. And um, throughout my life, I've just always, you know, tried to sprinkle some color into whatever I've had to write. When I worked for the Time Incorporated Picture Collection in the 90s, whenever I had to catalog pictures, I tried to make the catalog entry more interesting by, you know, livening up the text. Or if, um, like, when I um, 
was doing graphic design for a wedding invitation store. You know, I would like try to get the couples to write something a little more interesting on their wedding invitation than, you know, come meet us at three o'clock on a Saturday. (laughs) So stuff like that. So it's always just kind of worked out that way. And um, when I finally left all that and I and I um, went to Aster, um, which is one of my first jobs out of sommelier school, and they had us write staff picks. I had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> and somebody, yeah, those stat picks are actually pretty cool. Did you very, kick that ball off over there? I think I they think still I maintain did. it. They do, yeah, and then they still maintain it. Um, I don't mean the stat picks, but I mean the, the writing on them is pretty yeah. Uh, compelling. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, I had So I had a lot of fun with that, and somebody actually discovered me while I was doing that. There was, there was somebody um, who was starting up a publication and said, hey, I really love your staff picks. Would you write an article for us? And um, it kind of went from there. What, so. do you, what publication was that, can you say? Do you remember? It was called whiskey. It doesn't exist anymore. It was called Whiskey Life. Whiskey Life. Yeah. Whiskey Life. R.I.P. Whiskey Life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> whiskey Life is a risky life. That's true. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's true. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. You just, uh, you got discovered like a yeah. star. Kind of. I mean, it took it Bye, took Julie. a Bye, Julie. Bye. <laughs> she has to go to work. She was just hanging out. Um, but it took a really long time. I mean, I um, after Aster, I was at Morell for a while, and I physically saw the economy collapse from our office window. Our office was not on the store premises. It was across the street from Lehman Brothers. We actually saw everybody on the day they were fired mm. in, their wow. ca- in the cafeteria hugging and crying each other, with each other. You know, Brutal. And it was, it was just awful. And um, I knew that in the next couple of weeks, I better figure something else out <laughs> pretty quick. Um, and I and I did, and it, it took a really long time. I feel like I've had to sort of like claw my way up, but I did it. Do you think that with with all of the like you said you've uh, you've done a lot of different types of jobs that obviously helped you out with like your your writing style, right? Like yeah. just like understanding like all the different sides. Yeah, definitely. And finding your voice. Yeah, Def- that's the yeah, thing. That's I'm a big on. thing. That's yeah. definitely a big thing. That's the thing I'm working on. I, I think it's, it's hard for me. I feel like my voice is my actual voice. You know, then me, it should me, be me talking. <laughs> then it should be. Then just just write as you're speaking and and make it conversational. Yeah, especially for like a lot of listeners and like actually like when we were at Tales uh, in July when we had our seminar hot mic with hot Karen, mic. There was I, I couldn't believe how many people who were wanting to get into like podcasting and and doing radio uh, on the subject of uh, spirits and cocktails and bartending. The thing is, like, there's not a lot of um, you can't go to school for like writing about like booze, you know. Right. <laughs> you can, like, it's something you just have to have like you have to pick up like all these different parts and put them together like along the way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to like it. Y- yeah. And you have to like it. Yeah, and I think really that's a, like that's a, that's that's got to be true for for this. Maybe not every field uh, uh, that you want to write about, you don't have to like it, like it, yeah. but you I think you got to like this. It's otherwise you're just suffering through literally poison, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but <laughs> You're like, poisoning yourself for your craft. For me, it's like when I when I do when I write cocktail articles for different publications, it's like I, I, I'm freelance. Like I I do it when I feel like it, and when someone throws me an assignment, things like to do it as like a full time job. It's like it's gonna be really hard. I mean, like I know that like Robert Simonson just uh, posted about your book today on Instagram, and he's reviewing it, and uh, he's. He's a, Be kind, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Hit her where but, she lives. You know the thing. The thing with Robert though is like he uh, he used to be a he was a, an opera critic. Yeah, and then he turned to the the cocktail and booze side of of, of writing, and 
I think it's like once you get into that side, it's like you've got to constantly. He's done a really good job of uh, of like finding articles and like especially with like publications like Punch. Um, you know, you can get weird with stuff like you know Brad Thomas Parsons uh, his book Dis- Distillery Cats is coming mm-hmm. out I'm so excited this about month. that I know me too we're doing actually never doing... mind my book I mean Brad man that's gonna be awesome I know it's so <laughs> funny because like people are like dude you want bitters Amaro cat Distillery Cats <laughs> which trajectory took a hard left <laughs> but you know the thing is like he was he was saying to me he's like dude you gotta do it in threes man yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> you write a book, you got to write three. Yeah, you got to write three. And he went really crazy on the third one. And it's, I've seen the book. It's fucking adorable. It really is. I've seen it too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the thing is, like, but just just throwing yourself out there and being, becoming a writer and a journalist, it's like you have to, you kind of, you you get creative with these things. It's like, mm-hmm. we, we don't want to write another, like, just cocktail book. It's got to have right. a narrative, right? So, like, which, is, which was the, cha- the huge challenge that yeah. I had writing this because I think my publisher had, well, they had a very spe- specific idea of what they wanted with this book. They had already published... And they gave you plenty of time to write it, right? Yeah, tons of time. <laughs> um, that's another factor everybody must take into consideration. I had six weeks... Six weeks from start to finish. Holy guacamole! Um, that's uh, I, that's termed. It's got a term in the, in the book world that's called crashing a book. Yeah, they wanted to crash this book out. They wanted to crash this book, and and they had their reasons. I don't know what they are. I don't kind of don't want to know. But um, they, <laughs> whatever. It's a, certainly a motivator. Yeah, definitely a motivator. And um, but but one of the they were very specific about certain things that they wanted to have in the book because they'd already done two books. Um, they'd done Paris cocktails and New Orleans cocktails that had a certain format and had certain sections in it that they wanted to echo in this one. And as I was having the conversation with them, I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll play your game. But if you're only giving me six weeks to write it, damn straight, you're playing it with my rules. That's awesome. (laughs) So um, there's a lot of stuff that I just kind of turned on its head to make it my own. And I th- and it, I think it turned out pretty good. I mean, like they wanted me to this. They wanted a section on it where they wanted a, to have a great Gatsby party, and I was like, "Come on, really? That's not even New York City, right?" You know. And so I had to turn that into how would Amanda Schuster write about a Gatsby party, and that's what I presented to them, and they accepted it. Thank goodness. But well, they had no no option if the six weeks <laughs> well, was out. You, 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 you like turn that one in on, on yeah. week five, day six, and be like, "Oh, here it is. You like it, it or you don't like it? Done. Deal." Yeah. <laughs> I think there's also, like, what's interesting to me about, like, books that are coming out nowadays about, like, cocktails, and especially New York City cocktails, is, like, they're, admittedly, we live in a bubble. Oh, yeah. Like, the craziest bubble. Yeah, it's called the atmosphere. Well, (laughs) (laughs) shut up. Oh, oh, here in New York, right. Yeah, in New York. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fuck you, man. Um, but we uh, we live in a bubble. It's like very like kind of self sufficient and like very actually like nurturing in itself. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, like we we have like all these old cocktail books, all history, and we like we recycle a lot of it and we respect it and, and nurture it. But the thing is, like when a lot of people write about the the modern idea of like New York bartending and New York cocktails, it tends to be like this kind of romanticized idea of like turn of the century 
like classicism and it's not really what's going on right now no. and like we're like like we're past that yeah we're we're way past way past it we're a century past that um but it's it's still like very like evident like when like me being from Oklahoma like I I when I talk to some of my bartender friends from from back there they're like yeah man you're big apple like like everyone's just drinking manhattans and martinis and and have curly mustaches and shit and like like well you know yeah, there is that but like but that's not really is that our view that's Ugh. well so there it, it actually I know it is. probably is yeah that actually is it is and think about like the like even the, the Japanese cocktail bar scene it's like it's all based on like a lot of it's based on like old school New York practices yeah you know and and that's really cool but I mean like there's so much happening here. Like when you go to like Attaboy or like Diamond Reef, and everyone's wearing like Hawaiian shirts, like <laughs> unbuttoned all the way, and like yeah. you're making like pina coladas and penicillins and what, whatever. Yeah, right. It is, you know, like it's like that's that's what the New York bar scene is. We've like moved past uh, a certain point of like, all right, respect the craft. Now we're gonna have fun. Right. right? We've talked about it a lot. We talk about it. It comes up a lot. Yeah. We we there's a we we describe it as the phase we had to go through. Mm-hmm. We had to go through this like holier than thou. We're assholes. It's a rite of passage. As the bartender, I'm an asshole. You don't know as much as me as the guest. I have to teach you. That was really just us sort of stomping our feet and and establishing that we were serious. And now that everyone understands that we're serious, I think we've all taken taken way turned away down the dial on that one. And now yeah. we're just like friendly and let's because we've educated the consumer enough to realize that like a that's true. You've been coming to my bar for five years, well. and you've seen me here for five years. You realize I do this for a living. This isn't right. just a thing I did for a summer, right? <laughs> There's a period we just kind of had to go through. Yeah, but like, what's and cool? we we've t- we took all that from history, and now we're kind of writing our own history. Yeah, and that's people, exactly right. And, and people like you are Amanda are writing that history. Are actually literally, literally, literally writing, writing literally, right? Writing, <laughs> writing what will be history in a, yeah. in, in you know in the next set. They'll be looking. Oh man, did you ever have a copy? Like whatever. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, like whatever. Yeah. Like, that's right up there with my Dave Embry. Oh yeah, <laughs> deal. That'd be nice. Um, we're about at the halfway mark, so we should take a pause and hear some information from Bob, uh, who's always <laughs> watching over us here in the studio. Um, Dave, take us out for a commercial break, and we'll come back with Amanda Schuster, and we'll keep talking about her book, New York Cocktails. Chef Eric from Roberta's Radio. I love eating pizza for every meal, but sometimes I've got to branch out. Bob's Red Mill makes some stellar breakfast foods. Hey, Eric, the food in your big, bright, beautiful breakfast bowl looks delicious. Thanks. It's muesli. Muesli? Nah, muesli. It's like raw granola. You should try it. Uh, I don't know. My rich daddy buys me quail eggs and foie gras for breakfast every morning. Well, let me hip you on to something else. Did you know Bob's Red Mill is the flagship sponsor of Heritage Radio Network? I bet you if we call Bob himself, he can convince you. Hi, Bob here. Wait, is this the man from the muesli package? Yes, I'm Bob Moore. How can I help you? 
Uh, hey there, Bob. This is Eric from Heritage Radio Network, and I'm here with Mike, who I'm trying to convince to try muesli. Oh, I love muesli. Muesli such an easy way to start the day. I can take a bag of muesli and munch on it in my car and get full whole grain nutrition for everything I need for at least half the day. That is incredible. But what the heck is in the muesli anyway? It has rolled oats, uh, rolled wheat, rolled barley, rolled triticale, and, uh, of course, our dried fruits and the seeds that are so important to our health. It's one of my very, very favorites. After Bob's glowing recommendation, you going to try it? Like they say, try it. You'll like it. All right. Let me at that muesli. By the way, you can find more delicious whole grain breakfast ideas at bobsredmill.com slash podcast. I'll check that out. I'll surf over there. Surf on over, dude. And we are back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. And we have Amanda Schuster in the studio today. We've been talking about her book. Well, we've we've been talking with her, but not so much about the book. Yeah, it's called New York Cocktails. It's out of uh, Cider Mill Press. Um... We need to, we need to get in the book. Let's yeah. talk about this book. Let's talk about, the, Let's book. Talk about the book physically itself. First of all, I love its weight. It's got a good weight. Yeah, it's great weight. And this cutout, the, the cover is very thick, and there's it's a cutout a, of a, it's coupe a die glass. cut. Die cut <laughs> in the industry, but oh, pardon me. Die cut, yes. So we we both worked in uh, graphic design and, and print. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And like that's why I really respect a lot of the design elements of this. Like, I love the font. I love the the actual like weight of the the cover. The die cut going into the map of Manhattan. It's really cool. It they cool. did a beautiful job. It's yeah. really, yeah, it's a really. sexy little book. Really? I mean, they explained what it was going to look like when they first did, you know, when they first told me about it, but I still, when I see it in person, I'm like, wow, that really, they really did a fine job. And I had nothing to do with the design elements, by the way. I'm actually going to use this. First of all, thank, thank you for signing it to the cocktail. <laughs> to the cowboy. cocktail cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, if if you don't mind, what I'm going to do mm. is with this cutout. It's a for our listeners out there. It's a, a die cut of the front cover. It's uh, the silhouette of a coupe glass, and I'm actually I'm going to use this with an atomizer with bitters <gasps> and, and like make a make a cocktail on top of a cocktail, Hell like yeah. on like on top of like a like an egg white like yes. fizz drink. Ooh, can I be there when you do you that? Can we do that? Like, yeah, the show? Definitely will be. <laughs> Um, Sorry, Southern. Beat you to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is awesome. Um, I, I asked you off the air, and you didn't really have an answer. Well, you did have an answer. I did. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I said, what, what's your favorite part of the book, or what's the part you're kind of the most proud of? You said, I'm proud of the whole book, and of course you should be. It's gorgeous. Thanks. But then you, you followed up by saying the, the introduction. The introduction. Talk, I talk mean, to us I, about that. Yeah, I mean, all of, it's kind of, you know, all of this. I, I birthed this thing in six weeks. Instead of the yeah, normal gestation period I was about to say, of nine that's months, some speedy you know? gestation. <laughs> Frankie cocktails. Frankie. Ah, Frankie cocktails. That was a fun day. Frankie, you're in the book. Um, but this Joaquin, God, you know, it's, yeah. this is the, the, guys are the most there. fun about this book to me is like looking through. It's like it's basically like friends. a yearbook. It's like it's just like it's actually like a living Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, cha- yeah, changing my answer a little bit. It's. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm very proud of all of it. I think it's what's really cool is that in six weeks I was able to put together a pretty decent snapshot of what it what it's like to drink in New York City right now, and also a bit about of its a bit about its past. I mean, there's some places I would have liked to have been able to include that didn't make it. 
for various reasons. It just, I couldn't get there. I couldn't get, you know, the well, recipes in time or whatever it was. It just These things happen. These things happen. But that's with a six-week <laughs> deadline. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you were like, scrambling like a crazy person in the first week or so. And also, you know, they only wanted 100 recipes, and I could have done this in 250 recipes and still not covered everything. Yeah, but of like, course, yeah. But it's six such weeks, a dense place. Think about it. Like, if you spend six weeks in New York City, you're still not going to see everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, no. And also... How long have you been here? Six weeks. I've been here. <laughs> have you 11, seen everything 11, yet? 12 years. No. <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, like, you know, in six weeks, places do open and close. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's the thing. It's like. And it happened. So, yeah. You, so you it? started, like, cherry picking, like, like more, like, iconic places that, like, have, like, some wherewithal that yep. they're going to be around for a while, right? Yeah. So, like. Sorry, my will. Well. So yeah. They'll be back. They'll be back. Yeah. They'll be back. And resurrect that action. But yeah. the. Uh, it must have been. It must have been like. Well, I mean, you're already writing, and you're already out there, out and about, like hitting up all these bars, restaurants, and uh, it must have been actually like to, like you said, like to pick 100. That's hard. That's really hard. That's hard, hard editing. It's very hard to do. <laughs> that's some hard editing. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was painful. <laughs> it was really painful. And well, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to scare you with a six week deadline, but. That, is that room for book two then? <laughs> I would love to write another book. I don't know if I, I mean, I definitely want to write another book anyway. I've had something in my head for quite some time. It's a very different book, but I, I could do a second volume of this for sure and and include a few things. I mean, like who didn't make it into the book because it had just opened, I think, right when we were looking at proofs and there was just no way to, to get yeah. it in there in time. And, and you know, Diamond Reef and, and as you were saying, and a bunch of other really, I never, I mean, I didn't even get to talk to the Donna guys, which sucks, and they totally oh, right. deserve it, With you know. Leaf and, and, and all the, the crew. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, okay, so that aside, thank you, um, you know, it'd be cool, like, <laughs> I, I, I just want to, I'm just, I'm actually suggesting this idea just. Because I, I want to ride along with you. <laughs> it should be like a fucking New York dive bar. Oh yeah, book. It's funny. Let's write that, that book. You should say that. <clears throat> oh, oh, oh. Well, did we, okay. did we unearth something on accident. We hey, finally we're aha journalists. Aha. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> I. Don't want to get too into it, but that's um, okay. NDA, non-disclosure. All right, fine. That's uh, that's something I've had rattling around in my brain for a while. All right, well, All right. well, we'll look. I mean, we'll 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 talk about it at Jimmy's Corner. Well, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, cheers to that. Cheers. Right. <laughs> well, we let Bruce go first. Yeah. The Bruce. Uh, well, while we were chitty chid- chattying, I also poured uh, some. Uh, Amanda brought us a flask. Damon, I don't know if you saw the flask on the table. Yep. There's a flask here of uh, Havana 7. Oh, it's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, so Beautiful we stuff. Got a little bit of rum to drink while we talk about New York cocktails. But yeah. I said that jokingly in, in, <laughs> in the beginning, and Amanda said, well, we can drink the rum to, to everybody that's uh, down in, in, along the Gulf and everything that's yeah. suffering from all the rain and yeah. hurricanes and whatnot. So yeah. let's, let's drink to those guys yeah. from Havana yeah. 7. Cheers, and thank okay you for bringing there. it up. Yeah, cheers. Delightful juice that we're all... Super fans of, even though we're not supposed to be. Prohibit something. Make it delicious. Right? <laughs> that's, yes. That's what happens. Definitely. Well, you know, on that note, like, things that you're not supposed to have or, like, can't really get to. I, I was actually, I wanted to ask your opinion, like, speaking of, like, dive bars and, um, and just, well, any establishments in, in New York and anywhere. There's, like, 
there's been like kind of a lot of like over the past few years, a lot of places have been shutting down. Yeah. The rent is too damn high. It's too damn. I mean, actually, I just learned high. I learned of a new casualty over the weekend that's breaking my heart. So bait and tackle and Red Hook yeah. closing in January. I know. That's and that is horrible. That's that is criminal. Yeah, it is. It is. And I mean, like, what what's the the point of that? Is it development? Like, Probably. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I actually don't know the, the backstory about that. You know, sometimes it's the owners themselves decide that they're going to close something because they've had enough and they don't want to pass it on to somebody. Sometimes it's a greedy landlord. Sometimes it's a developer. You know, you just never know. What I mean, there was a whole situation with Sunny's like yeah. earlier this year. Yeah, we, it was they bootstrapped that. But we thing saved them. Hoisted it back up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we all we all put money towards yeah, it. Yeah, that was all community love. That was amazing. Yeah. I went down a couple times. I bought some art. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hanging on my wall now. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from uh, you bought saloon art. Uh, no, I bought from uh, what's his name again? T- Ted. Ted Hake. No, the guy who was selling the art there. I'm gonna forget his name. He also works there. Oh. Uh, he has like the line drawings. It's really beautiful. Oh no! Are you talking about? His name starts with a T, I think. Anyway. Are you talking about John T. John Thibault? There we go, John Thibault. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. They're uh, in the book, Colleen and John. Oh, John. excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Patrons of the great, arts. Great, great people. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, and and he does he works at uh, at Fort Defiance. Yeah, Fort Defiance. Yeah, yeah not Sonny's. There we go. But the, but clearing my head up. I had a yeah, few drinks. Speaking I, of, I had a few hour. drinks and I bought some art. Yeah. <laughs> people on the You want to loosen up my wallet? Give me yeah, a few yeah. drinks. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, but yeah the 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 idea of you know what's really fucked up about this country. That's a whole other show. show. Um, is, you know, like when, when you think about distillery breweries like, like Weinstefaner, it's been around since 1040. 1040. 1040. Yeah. It's almost a thousand years old. Yeah. And then you look at bars in, in London, in Paris, they've been around for like 500 years. Yep. Yeah, it's like nothing to it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But then here, it's like, you can't have a bar, a restaurant more than, for more than like 20 years. Right. That's a huge accomplishment here. But there's yeah, 20 years. You make it 20 years. It's huge. Big. Like you made it. Yeah. But not, you made it but 10 it's, years it's, ago. It's not actually. You're crushing it. Yeah. It's not actually that you made it. It's like you survived. Yeah. It's, it's, you survived you're, a lot. You're still surviving. Yeah. You survived a whole generation of drinkers and a whole generation yeah. of 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 people who are you know about the way they order about about yeah. what they're going to order when they come into your bar and what their expectations are. I mean, things change yeah. so much in ten I mean, years. In and also, regard. speaking of like, I mean, like, I I, I I I don't know. I get really like uppity about this shit, like in in this country about like the preservation of our history, like with like bars and restaurants. And the thing is, like, we're drinking seven year old Havana. Club rum, contraband. We're drinking contraband. 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 And yeah, thank you for it. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you go to you go to Havana, and the newest car that you can see there is from like nineteen sixty two. They wouldn't have you know. it any other way. Yeah, and it's great, and they still run, and they preserve them. Yep. They work on their goddamn cars, and uh, I mean, like, you know, like, why can't we do that here? Like, why can't we like preserve yeah. Great historic buildings and, and, and establishments. You know, especially that because to me, like, we were actually talking about employees only before the show today, and I, I met this couple 
who was that tells the kind of tell about like six years, seven years ago, something like that. And this couple, the employees only had this big party, and they they had a tattoo artist there doing like EO tattoos, and I was like, eh, it's kind of kind of weird, like people are getting like tattoos from this yeah, bar. It's a brand. You know, it's definitely a brand. That's actually one of the bars I, I struggled a bit with when I when it came time to write the book and do I even include them? Simply because it's been a really long time to be perfectly honest that I've since I've gone there as a patron. Um, because I, I find that I find it a little hard work. It's always busy. You know, it's hard to it's hard to find a place at the bar. It, um, I don't know anybody who's working there anymore. I yeah. used to. And I was like do we even need to talk about it? Should should I should this book be more about places that are kind of like a more unsung, you know, sure. instead of a branded place like like EO? But then I was like, no, that's really part of the establishment. That's an important part yeah. of the scene. Yeah, and it always will well, be, and you really the, can't discount. The thing them. is, like, yeah, agreed. I, I felt the same way. Work. I felt the same way until this like couple. I, they were telling me about their their the reason why they were getting they'd never had tattoos before. They were getting tattoos. They were getting EO tattoos. And I asked them. I was interviewing them uh, with one of our Heritage Radio Zoom, yeah. Zoom recorders, of course. Uh, oh, this is that story. Spilled, I think I spilled a drink on it or something. Yeah. <laughs> but but the thing is, like, I will tell you now, the story was they were really beautiful couple, and they were so like in love. And they, when I asked them the question of like why they were getting these tattoos of this bar not having any previous tattoos. They're like, well, why don't you tell the story? No, you tell the story. Mm. Oh, well, okay, I will. Sure. For us, start telling the story. Like, we met here. We caught eyes, like, across the bar. Mm-hmm. And then started talking, exchanged numbers. We had our first date at Aww. this bar. Then I proposed to her at this Aww. bar. Then we had... Like all of our yeah. like anniversaries at this bar had our wedding reception at this bar, and so like at that point, you have to realize that it's not just. And I think we all do, but like it's not just a place where people go and get drunk. It's yeah. like something that's a big part of your life, you know. And yeah, and that like that, that place that place etched a pretty deep score on their personal yeah. history. And, and, and the only and way it can do like that, that all over the and city. the only way it can do that is to be of our of longevity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. That wouldn't have happened in in the span of two years, which a lot right. of bars only make two years. Yeah. You know exactly. What I mean? So that's so that's meaningful. Yeah. That so is meaningful. That, that's what that. Well, I mean, like. And there. To me, this. You this, should read the first line of what I wrote about EO then. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to your listeners, because now I feel kind of bad. <laughs> well, you know what? It's it, it's. It, I actually am very proud of this. Of this is something I wrote at like four o'clock in the morning when I was on fumes, like two days before the, the damn manuscript <laughs> was due, and I was uh, like, "What the hell am I going to say about EO?" And this is, and what I wrote is what I wrote, and it's. Um, listen, I had to have fun with it. <laughs> of course, but the thing is, like, I'm not. Saying, I'm, I'm just using EO as an example. Yeah, I'm saying like any bar anywhere, especially in New York. That has the like impending doom of being shut down because it's gonna happen. Yeah. Unless you're like Keens or Delmonico, yeah. something Thank like goodness. that. Oh, yeah. I don't know what I'd do without Keens. I know, me too. <laughs> Seriously. It it yeah. 
Uh, Keens, yes, I am always at that place. I, I will never get enough of the. You know, they have the petite mutton chop at lunch for yes. half the. Price. Oh, I know. Oh, that's very nice. Okay. But also, they have with the escarole and everything. It's gorgeous. We could have a whole show about Keens, and we should. We should have. I'd, sure. I'd love to be. We on should have Albert on that show. <laughs> yeah, we should. He's awesome. Uh, employees only. It starts on page one forty-four. Uh, you say um, the bartenders at employees only wear white double-breasted jackets as uniforms. And I admit, the first time I sat at the bar, I wasn't sure if I should order a drink or provide a medical history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they look like, uh, in this photo of them all standing in a row, they definitely look like, uh, maybe right? not doctors, but they definitely look like your pharmacist kind of guy. Yeah, well, don't they look like they're... style. It's like, am, am I going to order right? a cocktail or am I getting a probe right now? What's happening? Hey, huh? <laughs> so... The night is young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows where it's going to be, man. Right? But um, but no but but to that point it's like no it's like people people need places to go to where yes, they, they feel like a sanctuary like, yeah exactly. and that's actually something some I wanted to address some, on the show about about the sanctuary I one of the things one of the things that bothers me about the business right now is this um, this emphasis on being exemplary you know your bar is the number one bar in the world this bar is is the number you know the best place for this and, the, and this is the best bartender in the world and this is the best this in the world and i i'm so tired of it i don't like to go to these award shows i always i always avoid them and and one of the, one of the reasons that bothers me is i think the best bar in the world is one if you come in on a rainy night and you're tired and you've had a terrible day and you pull up a seat at the bar and the bartender bartender speaks to you like the only human that's spoken to you like a normal person the entire day long and mixes a drink that just tastes so damn good in that moment that's the best bar in the world absolutely you know it's not it's not about waiting in line so you can finally get a seat it's not about um having something that has like a five million dollar garnish on it you know my favorite bartenders make the shittiest drinks yeah Actually. Exactly, and and these are that's heroes. why we're friends. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And go so to Amore Margo. <laughs> you know, just not to say, listen, you know, I love I the bar, and I know a lot of these bars that have been named as the best bars in the world, and they are damn fine places to drink. They're fantastic places to drink. Yeah, you know, but, but it's just our human nature. We want to pigeonhole things and yeah. put titles on them and all that rigmarole. But, it's, yeah, but yeah, at the same time, it's like it's added boys and pats on the back, and it's fine. But the thing is, like, like I don't. I don't go to a bar to, like, I, I mean, yeah, the rigmarole, like, all that stuff. Like, you go through the hoops and all that stuff. Like, yes, it's nice to have, like, a really fucking crazy, awesome, like, really well thought out, like, crazy production of a drink. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you gotta think about it in the way that it actually is. It's like, I, I will definitely, like, like, when I go to a restaurant for a really amazing meal it's like that's an experience like just like going to the bar but the thing is like i know that like going to a bar it's like sometimes like i'm going to a bar to have a drink to like get it on like, just just, <laughs> just turn it up it on, man turn yeah. it up like i mean i don't I, need I, it to be fancy i want it to be like a fucking beer and shot and i want like more than anything it's like if i'm rolling to a bar solo like when I'm not feeling great, mm-hmm. when I'm having a bad day, mm-hmm. it's like a fucking three hundred dollar Manhattan's not going to cheer me up. No. Right? You know, I mean, like, I, one of my right. favorite moments from that time is a Jake Walk, R.I.P. I, I, yeah. R. I. <laughs> there was a night R. I was R. having. Hood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And I was having <laughs> such a bad day. Oh, it was like Murphy's day. It was just Is it because terrible. I was there? <laughs> I think you might, you might have been I there. I think I was there, actually. You know what? And there was the night that... that Pat and Brian decided that they were gonna they were gonna play um, Danger Zone every hour on the hour just because. Sounds about right. And Pat's in town, by the way. Uh, yeah, is he still here? I think so. Pat Halloran, you don't write, you don't call. Um, anyway, <laughs> so I um, and I was just like, man, you can't get this anywhere else. And it was so annoying, but it was so fun. Sure, annoying but charming. Annoying I always say, charming. you know, I, I relate everything back to food because I was a chef for so long even though I've eclipsed that time behind the bar, it still resonates with me because it resonates with everyone. Everyone eats, not everyone drinks. And I always say, you know, in the spectrum of restaurants, there's McDonald's all the way up to per se, right? And the idea is, frankly, that I don't really want to eat at either of those all the time. I want to stick more towards the middle of that spectrum. Yep. Right? But from time to time, I want that sort of food as fuel experience. And Mm -hmm. that's the same in the bar. Sometimes I just want that beer and whiskey and a cheap, huge shot of just chartreuse over at the drink. tile bar for $7? Yeah, I'm yeah, in. Don't put mustard in it. Just make me a drink. <laughs> Stop giving away company secrets, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Don't go to tile bar. Uh, yes. Yeah, never heard of it. Um, Luckily, it's not, not called the tile bar. Yeah. So, <laughs> secret code. If you can crack the code, you're in. Um, but, you know, and, I and feel I'll like... And i buy you shots of chartreuse. For 7 bucks. <laughs> Shower truce. Shower truce. Shower truce. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the human experience... Uh, and the human part of bars is what makes them more, more you know, spectacular than, than what they're serving. Yeah. Right? That, yeah, and go back to the book. Like, that's, to me, like, when I'm looking through this book, I, I glance through and I see, like, more than, like, than seeing, like, oh, man, I, just, I flipped past the shot, the Sacha Petrasky page. Oh. Um, that was a very also, sad thing to write, I have yeah. to say. But like, but that was necessary. Flipping through, yeah, yeah of course it was, and is. Yeah. Um, but like going through here, like, it's like just looking at like, looking at personalities rather than recipes, and that, I think you did a really great job on this book. Thanks. And you absolutely did catch a moment in time, here with these, recipes so. and with these stories. That was the idea. I mean, I, I, you know, that was that was. The ultimate goal, if I only was going to have a couple weeks to write it, to make it something personal, and you know, this is my history in this city, and yeah, these are the things that I like. So it's very cool. Well, we're we're kind of getting to the uh, we're, we're at the yep. end of the show, right? We're kind of at the end here. I'm going to run down our calendar. Um, I, I just want to say this though before yeah. we do that. I mean, it's it's like we've been neighbors and and friends for a long time, and it's really nice to have you on the show today, and Aww. it's really nice to like just. Just get to chat yeah. about the stuff and uh, the stuff that we love, and I'm I'm really personally I'm very happy for you to you. to get this book out. Thank you. It's very personal. Thank you, guys. It, it yeah. really means a lot to me to be on the show. Oh, well, you know, super happy to have you. I, you yeah. know, you're always a gem when you come into the bars. I'm always happy to see you. You, you always Thanks. you always bring good energy and good vibes, and Aww, we love you. seeing you at the at, at a morning Mario and at Koo as well. That's nice to hear. Yeah, and we're super proud of your book. Uh, again, we're going to plug it. New York Cocktails, yeah, an I'm elegant collection of I'm, over 100 recipes inspired by the Big Apple. I'm definitely using this stencil on top. Oh, we're doing that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. I love it. Um, so coming up, um, next Wednesday, we've got uh, Sam Gauthier from uh, Boilermaker, uh, also a longtime uh, uh, member of the CAP program down there at Tales of the Cocktail. I think he's done it. I think I want to say six years in a row. Yeah, he's done it's a crazy. Lot. So I don't think he's like that's you don't really get to be at Tales. Yeah, he's never seen. I don't Tales think you get to see Tales. He's like living in a room somewhere full of juice. 
Um, <laughs> random plug for my good friend and our good friend, Philip Duff, on the 19th at Coup. Um, he's going to launch his new Geneva, Old Duff Geneva. will be launching at Coup on uh, Tuesday the 19th. Looking forward to tasting some of that. Um, I got to taste some of it as it was being made, but I'm looking forward to seeing it in the bottle with the label and everything. Really proud of him. And we'll get him on the show to bring some of us to drink it yeah. as well. The following week, uh, sorry, that, that, that'd be Wednesday the 20th. I still haven't nailed down. It's either going to be Tiki Adam or Mateo Lasardo from Lasardo. If we can get him, we'll bump uh, Tiki Adam because he lives here in town. Following week, we got uh, Andrew Meltzer, San Francisco USB. Meltzer Seltzer. Yeah, Meltzer Seltzer. Yeah. Top, top shelf. Um, top shelf. Top shelf. Uh, the fourth, uh, we got Brian and Leslie from Subject. They've got an incredible story about how they started their bar over in uh, um, the Lower East Side. Um, following that, Adam Rich, the founder of Thrillist. The Cat Pack, the week after that. Jim Meehan, you may have heard of him. He'll be the week after that. Uh, so, like, pretty stellar lineup of shows coming up. Please uh, continue to tune in. Um, yeah, and, and hang out with us uh, every Wednesday at 3 o'clock. Uh, that's all I got, Damon. Yeah, man. It sounds great. We are... I, this, this is my favorite time of year for both, mm-hmm. like... Creating cocktail menus and and having people on the show. It's like it's really great. Because like just like uh with Amanda coming on the show today, it's like it's also like book seasons it ramping is, yeah. up. So we're gonna have a lot of a lot of really cool shows. Well, that's why Meehan's coming on. He's coming on with his new book. Yeah. That's gonna be great. So uh yeah, it's just an exciting time, man. It's my favorite time of year. Awesome. Also, I like wearing jackets. Yeah. <laughs> I like wearing jackets. <laughs> I guess next week I'll have long pants on. <laughs> oh, you probably won't. <laughs> Knowing you, you probably won't. Anyway, but, uh, well, you know, I, again, I want to say thank you to Amanda Schuster. And thanks for bringing this... Uh, this hooch. This yeah. Uh, contraband. Yeah. Cheers, guys. One more sip of that. Uh, so, again, tune into Heritage Radio Network for thousands of more shows just like this one. Uh, click on the beating heart uh, to donate so we'll keep shows like this on the air. And we love having you listen. Uh, so tune in next week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks yeah, so much, absolutely. guys. Cheers. Cheers, y'all. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.